Sherry. Hi. You know good motherfucker. You are worse than Hulk Hogan. And you're lucky I didn't break your back and have to come face you. Shinky baby. Break his back. Make your whole body humble. Besides that, everything was great. Great. Welcome to the main stage of Ruthless Aggression, ProWrestling.Cool's podcast covering drag race and the wide world of drag beyond RuPaul's purview. Heck of a show for y'all tonight, and let us not waste any more time. I'm John Garrison Maxwell, joined by Oscar Bernard. What's up? It's the part where you say some kind of funny quip because we're, we're on the main stage and you gotta, you gotta sass me like the self-massage. Oh, I... I, you know... I love to have a, um, I love hoe wrestling. <laughs> See, it's just like the show. <laughs> yeah, this also sucked. And I, except on the show, they probably got to do multiple takes of that. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I mean, if anything, that just makes it makes us even better because, like, we were able to get it in one. Hell yeah! I you got love. Your, I you love got your burn. I got the one. laugh perfectly. Oh, all right, all right. We're getting right on into it then, y'all. This is this is a RuPaul podcast. I don't know. I uh, look. You know, it's if you listen to Heel Alternative, you know that you and I are, I'd say, hardcore drag race fans yeah no we're we have watched a lot of fucking drag race and we have very many opinions on drag race and a lot like hey a lot like our love of professional wrestling here we have watched so much drag race that we now fucking despise drag race because we see all the bullshit that they always do and all the bad tricks that they have that they never learned from and all the horrible emotional manipulation and fucking terrible shit that they get away with just because they can but we can't stop because we inherently love it. And we yeah. inherently love the people that are featured on it and want to see them succeed and do well. Although, you know, to Drag Race's credit, unlike unlike uh, WWE, when someone gets accused of sexual assault, they don't put them in a world title match. It's true. I mean, I guess they do put them in a world title match and then, you know, write them out of the world title match. But I guess... Oh look, Oscar. Let's just let's just ask the important question here. How different would things have been if Sherry Pie asked, "What school do you go to?" Um, I mean, I genuinely think they might have done a better job of editing her out. <laughs> <sighs> I did hear some speculation. That the one episode, because they the they only didn't show Sherry Pie's runway for one episode. Yeah, what was that and about? I saw some people point out that it's like you know this was the episode sponsored by Disney's Frozen, and I bet you Disney stepped in and said, "Hey, no, hmm. don't feature her promoting a Disney brand." Hmm, that's actually something I didn't even think about. That that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. I still don't understand why they sang the musical version of Frozen and not just the movie version. Go see Frozen on Broadway. I can't! There is no Broadway! <laughs> well, you know, they weren't anticipating there being no Broadway. It's true. It's... 
I mean, look, we weren't anticipating a lot of things about this year. It's true. Maybe should have expected a lot of things about this year. But I don't think that we were anticipating them. I don't think we were anticipating that simultaneously they could have the mo- arguably the most talented cast of queens they've ever had and also produce a borderline unwatchable show for the first half of the season. Once again, are we talking about Drag Race or are we talking about WWE? Damn. Season 12 of Drag Race is 205 Live. Wow. I mean, I'm not sure I'd go that far. I was thinking more season 12 was like Raw. You got your AJ Styles, you got your Seth Rollins, you got your Drew McIntyre, you got all these people that are real good. And then it's all about Mama Vince. Yeah, all right. Also, hey, you hear the rumor of who's going to Raw? The Revival, sashay away. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Who's going to Raw? Dominic Dijakovic. Sure, feast your eyes. Remember when he was all white supremacist for a second? And then they had to be like, oh, fuck. Oh, God. Oh, we're sorry. Oh, Jesus. Oh, no. Oh, we didn't mean that. Oh, Christ. I can't wait for Raw to do Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic every... (laughs) Come on, man. It's going to be Keith Lee is going to SmackDown so that they can have the build-up to the Survivor Series match. Once in a lifetime, Keith Lee versus Dominic Dijakovic. <laughs> All right. The one night a year where the brands fight. To to further this Drag Race is Raw analogy, does that mean Sami Zayn is Gia Gunn? Yes. Absolutely yes. Cool. Sami Zayn got all of the parts of him calling out the WWE for being shitty and fucked up out of this, out of the scenes, and then was made to look like a dumbass motherfucker and then gotten rid of. Oh. Chica Gun, you deserved better. Now I'm sad about both of these situations again. Yeah. As you should be. For those that don't know what we're referencing here, uh, if you remember, Gia Gunn was in uh, All-Stars 4, and she got kind of made to look like an asshole, right? She kind of made to look like she just was better than everybody and really snide and shitty and always talking down to people. Kind of made her seem like she was the season's heel, right? And you made it feel good when she was gotten rid of, right? Yeah, about that, uh, I heard from some sources that I know that, like, you know, are kind of in tune to things that happened, uh, in the filming of that season, is that, yeah, apparently, uh, Gia Gunn was also very critical of Mamaru to her face about her, you know, previous statements on trans women not being on Drag Race because drag is quote-unquote for men, And Gia Gunn, as a trans woman who felt very, uh, let's say, tokenized by being brought on to All-Stars 4 just to basically say, no, look, Rue's Rue's cool, trans people, see? See? You can't be mad at us. Rue's cool, trans people. Uh, Gia Gunn kind of had some words and some feelings about that, and weird, none of that made any of the episodes. RuPaul's real cool. Yeah, RuPaul. Yeah, fucking... I, fuck RuPaul. Yeah, fuck RuPaul and fuck fracking. These are yeah. related. <laughs> so, what'd you think of season 12? It's, I feel 
feel like, yeah, this is as good a place to start as any uh, in our talking about RuPaul's Drag Race. And since we've already gotten out of the way here, how, yes, this is completely relevant to wrestling and we should be talking about it on a wrestling website. In fact, this is the most wrestling thing that's been happening. It's got costumes. It's got pageantry. It's got people doing ridiculous stunts. It's got people taking bumps. What do you think a death drop is? It's just a fancy word for a bump. Oh, damn, it is. Think about it. Yeah. Shit. It's got cutthroat competition. It's got baby faces and heels. It's got character growth. It's got development. And it's all run by a psycho multimillionaire who is basically using the show as a way to, to deliver profits to themselves and uh, basically keep all of the, the queens under her, under, you know, under her. Yeah, no, that's that's a very... Also, a lot of celebrities are inexplicably huge fans of it. Yeah. And they, every time a celebrity is there, even if they have no idea what is going on, they're made to look great. Yeah. Maybe with the slight exception of Joel McHale that one time. I don't actually remember Joel McHale on Drag Race. It was last season. Michelle oh. Visage got very angry at him because he just kept yelling, Yeah! <laughs> I mean, look, that sounds like a very Joel McHale thing to do. That's the thing, it does. It absolutely sounds like a Joel McHale thing. And that's why it, it made me laugh. And it, of course, you know, anything that upsets Michelle Visage is, brings me joy in this world, admittedly. I don't hate Michelle Visage. I don't hate Michelle Visage either, but I also enjoy watching her be upset. You know what? That's fair. Because sometimes she's very funny at it, and sometimes it's just, God, you have the just tackiest fucking taste ever. Just go back to New Jersey. I will also say, though, unlike Mama Roo, at least Michelle Visage can actually, like, take a joke about herself. Oh, that is absolutely true. That is definitely one thing there, is that Michelle Visage, while... Be I mean, I guess that's the whole thing, is that, like, while being a hard ass and being kind of an asshole about things, Michelle Visage, like, understands who and what she is and is very humble about it. And it's why she can dish out the criticism so well, is because she can take it. Yeah. She not only can take it, she seems to genuinely love being made fun of by drag queens. Yeah. She loves a good burn. Yeah. She loves a good read. Mama Roo can't stand one. I'm just saying, if Michelle Visage had a fracking farm, they would make jokes about it. They absolutely would. All right. Now that we've gotten all this out of the way, we probably should talk about season 12. Although, one thing I do want to say to begin is that, like, since we've been talking about how RuPaul is totally bullshit and keeping all the, you know, the her the queens under her uh making sure that nobody rise ever really rises above her ala let's say a fabulous moolah if you will damn yeah not not the not the other parts that fabulous moolah has been accused of let's be clear here not any of the the sexual assault and pimping things but Definitely the part where she finds these queens and, and brings them up and brings them on the show and gives them all this huge success, but it's always with her name attached to it. Yeah, you gotta wonder who's gonna... You gotta wonder what's gonna happen to Drag Race when RuPaul eventually is like, I am too old for this. Yeah, which, hell, man, I feel like it's kind of things I felt watching the finale on this weekend. 
RuPaul looks so old. I know. It's like we were talking about this uh, privately uh, last week when when they did the the mask when like RuPaul was wearing the masks. Uh, you know, she had the luchador mask, and of course, she had a mask again this time. Yeah, two so masks even. My mother is saying, "Yeah, RuPaul definitely had plastic surgery." Hmm. See, what I was because my theory that I had on it honestly was just like, you know, because. I felt like, especially on the finale, like she, you could see just around her eyes, like yeah. there was some, it would kind of looked like a mess. It just kind of made, made me think like, oh, maybe it's really like, you know, cause there has been some talk of like, you know, RuPaul can't really do the drag very well anymore. And that like, she's kind of getting too old for this. Like, and it kind of made me wonder, it's like, oh, maybe it's just like without like the makeup people and the costume people and all the, the people that they have, the production people that they have on drag race to help her. Maybe she just really can't do this anymore. Like she can't just do the makeup. Like she can't even do the makeup to like, you know, hide like the, the huge wrinkles around her eyes and the crow's feet. Like she ha- can't even like put on the stuff and has to just like cover it with like, you know, a mask. And I also feel, you know, by that token, RuPaul also probably won't lean into just doing old woman drag. That is also very true. Like none of her none of her outfits that she ever has on the on the main stage ever have any hint of like, you know, RuPaul is getting older, RuPaul's assistant. Like RuPaul is ageless, basically. Yeah. In drag. And to be fair, in drag RuPaul does look ageless with all the makeup on. No, that's the thing. It's just like she's fucking perfect and flawless every single time she's on that fucking runway. Even with the outfits I don't like. Like, she always looks her best. Which um, then, again, makes me wonder, when we look at how they they showed her in the finale, it is really like, man, how much of this is just they got that VH1 has got some real good production values I mean, you can always you can always kind of see it in the moments where Rue is out of drag, where we were noticing it's like, yeah, in the suits, Rue's looking pretty rough this season. Definitely looking rougher, although still, I would say looking better than you know, like very, like I said in the finale, very noticeable those crow's feet and like a lot of the the problems under the mask. Yeah. That, like, I don't even think her that, like, you know, as much as Rue looks kind of hit and miss out of drag on the show sometimes, like, not that noticeably. No, for sure. But one thing that I did want to think about, that I was thinking about, especially with watching the finale here, that that was, of course, the one of my main thoughts. My other main thought, though, was, yo, and, and this also ties into uh, my comparison here to uh, Fabulous Moolah, is... Fucking, let's talk about Evie Oddly. Yeah, Evie Oddly is actually kind of some... Again, I I didn't watch that much of season 11 and kind of just absorbed it through the osmosis of a queen from Toronto did really well. But Evie Oddly fucking rules. Evie Oddly is, like, she is an incredible performer. Like, 
her and and she's just incredible for a lot of reasons. Like you know, her her drag is just completely out there and very strange and unique. She has really cool and different things with it. Really interesting ideas there. Plus, you know, she's you know a queer person of color who also has like a fucking degenerative disease. Like this is like some amazing fucking representation and someone that you would actively incredibly want to push. I think as someone that is a fucking next drag superstar of someone like, look, I literally have a disease that's like slowly like one day I won't be able to do this anymore because my body literally won't be able to handle this. Mm -hmm. And yet I'm still giving this my all and giving everything for my art and all this stuff that I love and this performance. Like, that is absolutely someone that one million percent deserved to be pushed as America's next drag superstar. Pushed to the fucking moon and, like, really sell that fucking story and this this fucking incredible talent that you have. So I found it kind of disheartening in the the finale when I was thinking, like, yeah, where the fuck has Evie Oddly been all this time? As, oh... You've been in Vegas performing in RuPaul's stage show. Yeah. Good on you getting your money. Like, definitely. If that's what's making you happy and, like, you know, you're doing this, like, you fucking deserve it. But, like, it still just feels like, okay, you won this thing and your ultimate prize is you get to continue to perform for RuPaul under the RuPaul name doing things that RuPaul wants you to do. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, the Drag Race Vegas show also has Aquaria performing in it, who, from what I understand, was had a decent enough following in New York beforehand, and was insta famous. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm and I'm sure it's I'm sure it's fucking good money. It's Vegas. Yeah. Hell, they're they fucking took over from Donnie and Marie. Damn, really? Yeah. Wow, that's a fucking, that's a weird twist. Oh, we're going to go from these, like, two Mormons to Drag Race. Why not? You know, hey, Donnie Osmond loves his gay friends. He just doesn't support their lifestyle. Again, RuPaul and, and, and trans people. Oh, yeah. Season 12 was fucked up, man. I'm glad it's over. Because holy shit, this was the never-ending season. This season... Yeah, this season... Maybe it's just because... Maybe it's just because of the whole coronavirus thing. I think it's a mix of coronavirus and... Jesus Christ, you really went forward after all this Sherry Pie shit. It... I will say the... The penultimate episode... Or the, uh... Yeah, the penultimate episode, yeah. not counting the reunion, took me four tr- took me four sittings to get through. Oh dear God! And the, again, I think the most disheartening thing about it is this season was good. Yeah, like that's the problem. Is again, it's like the comparison that we made to Raw earlier. It's like every single person that was on this season is incredibly talented. Maybe you know. Maybe a lot of the challenges, some of the challenges didn't show them to the best of their abilities, but like, even the ones that I don't like, it's hard to look at them and say like, oh no, this person's just not good. I don't see why they would ever be like considered for this show. Like hell, even someone like Aiden, who, you know, people really fucking hated. Yeah. Or I, I was honestly thinking, uh, Nikki Dahl, who I fucking hated. I consistently forget Nikki Doll exists. Fair enough. Like, 
at least Dahlia Sin kept popping up as the Brock ally. Uh, Fucking fixed-ass meme. No, I'm telling you, she's the next Vanjie. Except Vanjie was actually funny. Yeah, but hear me out, though. They own Brock ally. They don't own Miss Vanjie. Shit. Shit, of course! That's why they did it! God! RuPaul really is the physical man of drag! Yeah! Like, yeah, that's totally what it is, is they need a meme that they own. Fuck. Fuck, you really broke this down. Man. Well, I've been doing a lot in quarantine. Alright, let's let's get to the important stuff here. Finale! It was this weekend. For the yeah. first time ever, three drag queens doing their lip syncs from their house. I will be honest, this was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I kind of agree with you. Like, you know, I, at first I I wasn't super into how they did. Like, you know, of course they, they still do what they usually do. Of Like, they interview all the queens and, you know, ask them to talk about their stories and why they think they should be America's next drag superstar. And I wasn't super into that, which admittedly I'm never super into it. I feel like it's just padding and not like they don't really answer ask like very interesting questions of them and it mostly just feels kind of emotionally manipulative sometimes but Look, you know I, that's the show the advantage of watching it on streaming is that it, you can see exactly how long in the episode it's been it's been it took almost half an hour for them to get to the first lip sync yeah sure did and you know admittedly yeah the tribute was real nice yeah, actually, the tribute to the producer was was very sweet and well done. Yeah, and like, no, absolutely, you should have had that in there. But also, yeah. just the fucking intro took like 12 minutes of them just introducing the judges and making every obvious Zoom joke you can think of. Yep. And look, can we fucking talk about that goddamn... that? goddamn song that they made all the fucking queens sing oh fucking fucking rupaul's they made them sing fucking rupaul's like come together (laughs) song or whatever to as a thank you to the fucking first responders are you fucking kidding me oh i was thinking of when they did their version of rock the vote Oh, yeah, no, that was insufferable, too, and just had me screaming at the television how you can't just tell people to vote. You need to tell them what to vote for. You need to fucking make this clear. Otherwise, like, what the fuck are you doing? You don't actually stand for anything. Is that a law thing in America where you're just not allowed to tell people who to vote for? No, I think it's more just a... That we don't want to be seen. We don't want to be seen as biased and impartial. We don't want people yelling at us for being for like promoting them to do a spe- vote for a specific thing. Oh, uh, because I know up here for a while there was like very much a thing about how it's like you cannot explicitly tell people to vote for something. I don't. I I think that's only for like public things. Mm. Like pri- I think like private things can do whatever the fuck they want. I mean, shit, I remember when, when fucking uh, Norm Macdonald told everybody to vote for Bob Dole on Weekend Update. <laughs> Thanks, Norm. Yeah, idiot. But anyway, enough about 90 Saturday Night Live. 
Let's talk about someone that's also desperately stuck in the 90s, RuPaul. Frank Stallone. Shit. <laughs> yeah, this this finale was weird, but also, like, yeah, I thought that the... I thought all the lip syncs were, were really well done. I thought they were interesting. I thought, like, the ideas behind them were good, even if, like, again, having the first song with the close-ups, like, be a RuPaul song. Come the fuck on, y'all. I mean, it's always a RuPaul song. It is, I know. This, I mean, I mean, hey, I'm gonna throw it out there. This season had only one RuPaul lip sync, which I think might be a new record. It might be, yeah, you're right. But they also made us suffer through You Think You Know Me and didn't play the Edge theme immediately afterwards, so what the fuck? <laughs> oh, I got the... F- yeah, we'll talk about the rest of this season after. <laughs> because there's yeah. a lot. Um, I liked the idea. I, I I thought they I thought the individual lip syncs was the best idea the show has had. I agree with that completely. It made them like actually show off their creativity and do interesting things with it. And I thought that we got like three really unique and cool stuff that I I you know when Rue said like yeah no you're all three moving on like I, I honestly was like yeah no completely because like these are all three really different and unique things like I wasn't super into crystal methods I'm like a bird thing so but it was fucking out there and creative in a way that I'm like yeah okay no you you fucking you fucking rank crystal methods I'm like a bird thing was all the way my shit <laughs> I knew you would love it. And from that moment on, I was like, Crystal has to fucking win. I know. I I know what you're into. I know that you like watching mothers regurgitate into their baby's mouths. It's I love every year. I will root for the weird fucking queen. It's why I was all the way on team acid Betty until acid Betty went home. Like, nah, Fuck it. And admittedly, after the weird... You should have watched last season, man. Fucking Evie Oddly. Yeah, I know. But also, I can't root against my city. I mean, you can. You don't like that bus. I like like the idea behind the bus. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair. You know, I I just don't like the fact that my city... You know, goes all in on Pride and ignores the uh, the reasons why Toronto Pride is the way it is. So you mean what literally every quote-unquote liberal city does? Yeah. Hooray! At least they changed the names of the subway stations at Wellesley and Queen to Wellslay and Queen but spelt with a W. You don't know how much of an urge I have to just punch this mirror that's right next to me. It's it's real fucking bad. I really like Gigi's take on me that she did. I I will honestly Gigi's take on me I liked I liked it, but also it was oh it felt the most underwhelming because it was the lip sync itself, I completely agree with you. It was the least interesting of all the lip syncs. It absolutely yeah. was. She didn't really have a lot of, or at least at least that we didn't see, she didn't really show a lot of personality in it, which I, I thought's fucking weird because, like, she had all that fucking personality in the close-up. 
Like, she was doing some good shit with her eyes. So, have you heard the controversy about Gigi's lip sync and how she almost apparently got disqualified? No. So, the rule was the lip sync had to be done from home. Yeah. And Gigi Good had originally submitted her Take On Me lip sync recorded in a professional studio with a green screen and an animated background. And the producer said, this is a flagrant disregard for the rules. Yeah, what? You had a fucking production crew helping you here. Yep. Uh, if you don't refilm this, you're disqualified. So is that why there were, like, the parts where it cut to, like, a thing where she was, like, looking at a screen and everything, and it looked like, this looks very different, and this has, like, camera movement. Would not surprise me. Huh. Because I was wondering that. It was like, why did it suddenly look, why does it suddenly now look very different and cool, and I'm really into it? Because, like, the thing that stood out to me is just, like, I thought it was just, like, the reason I was really into it was just, I thought that it was just fucking aesthetically pleasing to look at. Like, yeah. the cool background that she made, it like, her her outfit that she had, and then she flipped, and then she had it, and the outfit palette swapped. Like, I was into it. It was dumb in a way that I got behind. The outfit palette swap was was real good. I will say, I was really into it when I saw it, and then going back and thinking about it, I'm like, you know what? This could have been a lot more. No, it absolutely could have. You're right. And I think that, well, it, see, it seems like it was a lot more. And then she got called out for flagrantly breaking the rules. Yeah. Is that a worse infraction than what Sherry Pie did for the monologues? Uh, what did Sherry Pie do for the monologues? They had a five minute. They are supposed oh, to go oh, no longer than five minutes oh, and yeah. she went 17. Uh, no, this is a far worse infraction than that specific thing. However, take it as a whole, it's it's uh, far less DQ worthy than uh, everything Sherry Pie did. Well, yeah, I mean, we're we're not even going to count everything else that she did. Again, listen to the intro song for our yeah. true feelings on Sherry Pie here. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think I mean I still maintain. Sherry Pie should have been made to lip sync because it did break the rules. Yeah. But I also think, yeah, what Gigi Good did allegedly, I think, is a far worse infraction because, as people point out, it's like, yeah, this is just all the way you just flexing all your privilege. Yep. Especially to be able to flex on the fact that, like, oh, I can get a fucking studio in the middle of a fucking pandemic. I mean, look, this ties cool. into some of the other conspiracies about Gigi Good and James Charles doing a thing that led to a quid pro quo that led to her getting to use James Charles' studio, allegedly. I did not hear this. I've been reading a lot of gossip on forums about Drag Race in quarantine. Okay, you're going to have to send this to me because I'm going to want to read this. Maybe this is something that we'll have to cover on this, or maybe there'll be a second episode of Ruthless Aggression that we can touch on these conspiracy theories here, but... GG cast countdown to DQ. Shit. (laughs) (laughs) And then Jada had her... had hers, which was just 
fucking really good and she looked like she just fucking owned that song completely nothing really you know she didn't have like some cool fucking like background setup up and and thing like Gigi did or just like the bug fuck crazy idea that uh that uh crystal did but she just had yo i'm a fucking slay this goddamn and fucking uh lip sync and rule every single part of the, of my living room yeah, and to her credit as well, she made the camera movements work for her. Yes, she did. Like, whoever she got, I'm assuming that was her partner that she had uh, yeah. manning the camera. And fuck. No, it was, again, Crystal Methods was still all the way my shit. But, you know, it's undeniable that Jada was real good. Yep. As, as kind of, I've seen some other people say online, and I don't disagree with this. Gigi won the close-up lip sync. Yes, Jada agreed. Uh, Gigi won the close-up. Crystal Jada was won. A, Jada was a close second, though I'd say. Yeah, Crystal won the one-on-one, and then Jada won the final. Yes, I mean that's definitely the thing. Is I was I'd say very much like I was underwhelmed by Crystal's final. I thought Gigi did good, but like her reveal just didn't work for me. Like, you can't have a reveal that's, well, I kind of dressed like Dorothy, and then go, no, I am dressed like Dorothy! Like, that's not cool! Also, there's the whole... You want to talk about some of the shit Gigi's been saying on social media? Yes, but let me just, before we we do that, let me just say, Jada's outfit looked hideous, but it was all worth it for the fact that when she does that reveal, she looks fucking flawless. Yeah. Yeah, no, Jada completely owned that 100 million percent. But anyway, what the fuck is Gigi doing now? So, the Dorothy thing ties into an apology post she made on Instagram. What? Where she used she used this apology po- post to then tie it in to say, be sure to check out what my outfit's going to be on the finale. What? You, you want to know what she was apologizing for? Oh, God. What is it? She made a thing a few days before the finale where she made a bunch of bad I can't breathe jokes. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, so... Is Gigi good the AJ Styles of drag? Yes. Absolutely one of my favorites, but undeniably problematic. But yeah, so there was a lot of stuff with uh, Gigi doing some dumb shit on social media. Which, hey, what's what's the season of a queen Oscar really likes and is rooting for that doesn't end with the queen Oscar likes turns out to have the worst opinions What's up, Eureka? No, fuck Eureka. (laughs) (laughs) But also, I feel like Aquaria probably said a bunch of toxic shit. Oh, yeah. Also true. Derek Barry had her stupid Stonewall comment. I don't remember that. This, it's more funny than anything where they were just like, it's her and a bunch of queens in some interview thing and Derek Barry song about... Oh, it's so great that they fought for Stonewall. And then one of the other queens is like, do you know, why don't you tell us more about Stonewall? And Derek Barry's like, 
Derek Barry's like, you know, all the people that died there, and then so, and then the, one of the other queens like, no one died at Stonewall. Oh no! Of <laughs> which Derek Barry's then just like, I didn't know that. I thought people died there. I feel so good that we're putting out this episode out in the first day of Pride Month. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's appropriate. So. Again, someone please explain to Derek Barry that Stonewall was a riot, for God's sake, before the All-Stars 5 starts. <laughs> you know, look, maybe this is just my predisposition to twinks and, every, and how every white twink is just pro- the most problematic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not wrong, though. I know I'm not wrong. And that's why Jada Essence Hall won. Because she's not a problematic white twink. Yeah. And also because, again, those lip syncs were, were fucking flawless. And yeah, she's a no. wonderful, excellent drag queen that probably, honestly, I feel like probably deserved to win this season, in my opinion. Yeah, Jada, I, I feel like we kind of never got to know Jada that well during the season. I agree with that completely. Of which, again, there's a lot of speculation that yeah, Jada and Sherry Pie got along very well in the workroom. Oh. And so a lot of Jada's stuff... It was either they got along or they had, like, this Jada-Sherry rivalry. But either way, a lot of Jada's storylines were tied into Sherry. Mm. You know, are sort of the, sort of the same way of, like, how Jan got almost completely axed from Snatch Game because her Bernadette Peters was almost definitely interacting with Sherry Pie's Catherine Hepburn. Yep. No doubt that's what happened. Yeah. So it's like, I, I bet you that has a lot to do with why we never really got to know Jada that well. Which is unfortunate because, yeah, it's not her fucking fault. Yeah. And yeah, I... I, I I absolutely think Jada deserved to win. I was team Crystal Method from basically episode one. I know, Oscar. I know. I will say, though, that absolutely I agree with you that, like, Crystal was a great, like, for me, a great second choice. Like, she, if of everyone on this season, like... I don't think that anyone showed as much growth and as much development, as much coming into her own as Crystal did. Hell, you know, she was, she also has enough awareness to know that no matter how much RuPaul insists, you shouldn't do blackface. It's true. You got people like Heidi that will literally just steal whatever RuPaul tells you to do. And here's Crystal like saying, hey, I'm taking all of your criticisms. I'm hearing them all, but I'm filtering them through myself. And like, I think that's even something that Michelle pointed out. Yeah. Crystal never stopped being Crystal. And that's, yeah, like there's something to be said about that. Like, I definitely think that Crystal really deserved it too. Mm -hmm. Like if, if this was a season, like if they could have just done what they did for that bad all-stars that they really shouldn't have done and given it to two people, it should have been Jada and crystal. I feel like though, if they were going to give it to two people, it would have been, I feel like they were very much priming Gigi good to win. And then Gigi good just completely self-destructs. Hmm. Like, Gigi Good was absolutely getting the winner at it. 
You really think so? Yeah. I mean, they kept, they consistently showed for Gigi. It's like, you know, they never really criticized. They they didn't put her in lip syncs where Gigi probably should have lip synced. That is true. I mean, Jada had to lip sync. Yeah. Did Gigi ever have to lip sync? I don't think so. Oh, I guess no. The only lip sync she ever did was in the first episode to to win. Yeah. And kind of proved in that episode, she's not a great lip syncer. Yeah. I don't think there's ever... I'm, I'm going to look this up now. But I don't think I, there I, is. Yeah, I have the list here. Gigi never lip synced. Damn. Yeah. So, that's, and again, that's like... That's fucking wild. Considering that, yeah, both of them lip sync. Yeah, Gigi absolutely should have lip synced... Um, for for the fucking political episode? Yep. She was terrible. Yeah. And doesn't know what a red coat is? Still so fucking mad about that. I, you're, it's a fucking Stars and Stripes Americana thing, and you dressed up as a British soldier in the revolution! I mean, hey, look. She just knows how history should have happened. Fuck. <laughs> Gigi Good is just really into alternative history. <laughs> She's just really into the ser- the canceled series turn from AMC. <laughs> She's really sad that the man in the high castle's ending. <laughs> <laughs> um Yeah, no, she should have absolutely fucking had to lip sync during that. And admittedly, the only reason I'm happy she didn't is because she should have lip synced against Jackie Cox. Yeah. Jackie Cox was. They should have. They should have given Jackie Cox a Sherry Pie slot. Yeah, but especially, also, especially since they weren't gonna fucking give her Miss Congeniality, they should have done that. I will say Heidi deserved Miss Congeniality. Heidi a million percent deserved Miss Congeniality. Don't get me wrong. Heidi is wonderful, and she absolutely deserved it. Yeah. The right like, person won that. Yeah, but also... Also, I'm just going to say it now, because I just fucking... It took me that long to realize it. Yeah, wow, Sherry Pie really is just a fucking knockoff Nina West, huh? Damn. You're not wrong. Yeah, like, that's the thing that kind of stuck out to me. It was like, it was like, holy, holy fuck, they brought back Sherry Pie? It's like, oh, oh, wait, that's Nina West. Oh, right, Nina West! Yeah! Wait a minute! Although, I will admit, Sherry Pie's punishment is having to present Mish Congeniality is something I might be into. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I thought, you know, I don't... I in the moment I thought Jack and I still think Jackie should have gotten Cherry Pie's slot, but also I did see someone point out that it's like, yeah, but then if you're Jackie Cox, you kind of know that you're there with zero chance to win because they've already eliminated you. Yeah, you know they've already decided you're not top material. Yeah, you're not wrong. But also... But also, she should have been. Yeah. I just really want to know what she would have done for her individual... I I actually feel like if she was in the top four, she could have stood a chance, because she's a fucking lip-sync assassin. 
Absolutely. She's great at it. Yeah. Um, look, when Crystal and Jackie had to lip sync together, it was the most heartbroken I had felt because yep. either way, one of my favorites was going to go home. Yep. I was miserable when that happened. And then when they both survived, it was just like, I should have fucking known. I should have fucking known. They no, would that's do that. the Jackie Heidi one. Jackie Crystal was, um, the last lip sync to get into the finale. Oh, right. That was the last lip sync. Yeah. Sorry, um, I, I was thinking of Jackie Heidi. Yeah, no, Jackie Heidi was a f- Jackie Heidi was great. Was Jackie also fucked. Jackie Widow was a fucking great lip sync. Damn right, I forgot about Jackie Widow. Like, again, it's the only reason why it's like, nah, you know, if Crystal was or if Gigi was in that lip sync, that meant that it would have spelled worse for Jackie. Yep. God. Although I can also just say I don't understand how Britta got to be in a bunch of lip syncs when she's not good at it. I have a theory about this. Okay. Britta's giant mouth makes her inherently more emotive during lip syncs. You're not wrong. Like we I was cuz my mother's finally getting caught up on the season, so I was rewatching the Snatch Game episode where Britta and Aiden had to lip sync against each other. And I realized Aiden's mouth is really small and Britta's mouth is really huge, which inherently gives Britta the advantage in this lip sync because Aiden just cannot get as good of facial expressions. No, I th- actually, I think you're completely wrong that, right on that. I mean, I think it's something I thought about in the in the close-up lip sync from the finale. Like, Gigi just inherently had an advantage in that because she has gigantic fucking eyes that are super expressive and she could do so fucking much with them. Like, yeah. it, it, honestly, it was like, at a point, it's like, Jada was doing more and she was doing more interesting work with, like, moving into the camera, moving away from the camera. Like, you know, like, Rosser or whoever pointed out there. But, mm-hmm. like... She just can't do as much with her face as Gigi can. Yeah. Although I will say I would have liked Aiden Zane to send Britta home just because that would have been the ultimate. Nah, fuck you, Britta. Yeah, no, that would have been deserved and I would have been happy. Although, But also Aiden, Aiden deserved it. Aiden absolutely deserved to go home for her snatch game. <laughs> yeah, Aiden absolutely deserved to go home when she went home. But also fuck Britta. Aiden's Snatch Game is the first time in a long time I've actively been insulted by someone's Snatch Game because of how much I fucking love Rocky Horror. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be honest. I feel insulted by a lot of Aiden's acting. I hated her in Gay's Anatomy. I, I know that they thought she was so funny, but like, all she was just doing the fucking like, oh, I you're I get it, you're doing the oh, come up and see me sometime bit. Fuck off, this shit is so old. I mean, in Aiden's defense, that's what the script called for. The script very explicitly said it's a Mae West type character, so you kind of are locked into that. It's just. It just felt so forced the way that she was doing it. I look, the better thing, the thing that was also kind of pointed out is 
No, she's not actually doing Mae West. She's doing Alaska as Mae West. Wait, you're right! You know, Wait! Holy shit! You know, hey, it's like Dana Carvey, how it's like, by the end of it, he wasn't doing George Bush, he was doing the impersonation of his impersonation, and it just loses all connection to what makes it good. Yeah, damn, wow, that is a really good comparison, too. Yeah. I love that George Bush. George Bush really good. The George Bush impression is really good, lest that quote be taken out of context. (laughs) I know we are talking about mainstream elite gay culture here where they seem to like George Bush. Oh, man. I didn't know that. Look at Ellen. (laughs) Look, it's a different George Bush, okay? I know. (laughs) Do you? You're Canadian. And young. I wasn't alive during the first Bush. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Hey, fuck, I barely was too. Uh, But yeah, you know, I mean, you want to kind of just go through the season now that we've kind of talked about the finale? I mean, yeah, like, I don't know. What's, what are your clothing thoughts on the season? Anything really stick out to you that you wanted to talk about? I feel like we've kind of gotten a lot of it out by saying, yeah, these people are idiots. Yeah, I did like... I, I did like the Snatch Game a lot. The Snatch this... Game was very good, I will say, for as much shit as we've been giving in Gigi. Her robot lady was really funny. Yeah. Also, RuPaul should maybe do some research on the people that are being impersonated. Yeah, you'd think so. Because, fuck you, Crystal's Poppy was real good. Crystal's Poppy was perfect. Um, yeah, I thought Widow's Ike and Tina Turner was a funny concept that I don't, that in retrospect was like, I don't think this was as funny as the judges did. Yeah, I think they were mostly just amused by the concept. Which is, admittedly, is a good concept. Indeed. And I wonder, you know, I mean, hey. No one has been it. No one has been as good at doing two characters as Bob the Drag Queen. No. Bob the Drag Queen in both innovated and perfected that concept. It's true. And fuck that Carol Channing was real good. Was. Yeah. And yeah. I I yeah. Gigi's robot was real good. I wouldn't have been unhappy if if Jackie Cox's Lisa Rinna won, though. Yeah, no, definitely. This again, this was a very talented season. And it was I a think very it's... good snatch game, and everyone's very good, and I definitely appreciate that not a single fucking person tried Beyonce. Yeah. No, I mean also though. RuPaul and Vanjie's advice during the walkthrough segments almost felt like a challenge in and of itself of, I'm going to deliberately give you the worst possible advice. And the challenge here is, don't take it. Yeah. You know, we're going to suggest to you to do people, to do like a real housewife you've never heard of. Or to do blackface. (laughs) 
Also, I'm now reading what Jan and Britta's actual drag names are. Yeah. Jan Sport and Britta Filter. Yep, there's a reason they had to change them. Hence all the just Jan jokes this season. Trying too hard. Yeah. What is Jan Sport? They're uh Jan Sport's a it's a clothing brand, I think. Nah. Dude, they do like athletic wear. Yeah, I had assumed it was a brand name from how they weren't allowed to say it on TV. They make backpacks. Ah. But yeah, I thought, man, I wish I liked Jan more. Yeah, same. My coworker fucking loved Jan, and Jan was her favorite this season. And I'm like, hmm. Again, the best comparison I saw of Jan is she's Rachel Berry from Glee, or she's what's-her-name from Election. Hmm. You know, I'm now reading about the reality show that Britta was briefly on. What reality show was Britta briefly on? Shade! Queens of NYC! Oh, is that where she got the title of New York's best drag queen? Maybe. It ran for 11 episodes on Fusion. I know Fusion, Fusion even still a channel. <laughs> I don't think it is. I'm looking this up. So, I mean, hey, you know, Derek Barry was on America's Got Talent once. Sure. And made it to the live show, I think. Huh, who knew? And then America just wasn't ready. Speaking of Derek Barry, though, you want to talk about All-Stars 5? Fusion has apparently been removed from Dish Network, DirecTV, and AT&T's cable things. Mm. So who knows? But anyway, All-Star 5! Yeah. They're doing more All-Stars! They sure are. I'm not gonna fucking watch it because I fucking hate All-Stars! I hate All-Stars too, but... As, you know, it's been, I've mentioned in the past... I am the world's only Derek Barry fan. It's true. You just Look, love fake Britney Spears. I fucking love Derek Barry. Again, slightly problematic twinks. I have a, I have a problem. But well, the first step is admitting it. You know, the cast for All Stars 5 is not bad. It's... Okay. I don't know. So, you've got Alexis Mateo from Season 3. And, and All-Stars 1. Yeah. It's kind of weird how they're now getting to, like, reusing All-Stars contestants. Yeah. Like, isn't the whole point is that, like, well, you're, you've lost, though. So why do you get to go again? Because two other queens probably declined. I have an important update for you, by the way, Oscar. What is this update? Fusion's website doesn't it is no not opening. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Blair St. Clair. Oh, sorry, it was the wrong website. It now ah. appears to be opening. Blair St. Clair, who I liked in season ten. Yeah, I really like Blair St. Clair too. And you know, hey, I'll say this: as much shit as we give season twelve, uh, season ten is still worse. Yes. 
I'm clicking on where to watch on the Fusion website. <laughs> and? It's a blank page. Aww. I'm clicking on about on the Fusion website. It's a blank page. I, I feel like this website is broken. Or maybe it's working as intended. <laughs> uh, Derek- Blair St. Clair is really good. Yeah. Again, I-, I liked Blair St. Clair a lot. I liked Blair St. Clair's aesthetic. Yeah. Uh, Derek Barry, a really good Britney Spears impersonator, and maybe on All Stars, she's improved because she was already getting better when they eliminated her, and she had potential. It's true. She definitely had potential. It was definitely just a situation of, look, it's not enough. You're still just doing Britney Spears. Derek Barry will be the dark horse of All-Stars 5, and I will finally be vindicated. Uh, India Farah, Jujubee, who another All-Stars repeat. Yeah, strange. Uh, I've Maria Balenciaga. website in another browser, and it's doing the same thing. Maria Balenciaga, Mayhem Miller, Ms. Cracker, I... John. Mayhem Miller is good. Yeah. I'd like to see if Mayhem Miller's gotten better. This season is surprisingly season 10 heavy. Yeah. it's Yeah, you're right now that I'm looking at it. It is. Like, yeah, you got Blair, you got Mayhem, and you got Miss Cracker. Which, also, fuck yeah, Miss Cracker. I love Miss Cracker. Yeah, I wonder if they're trying to redeem season 10 retroactively. Hmm. Maybe. You know, it very much feels like, no, we're bringing... And, you know, All-Stars 4 brought back a couple Season 10 queens as well. Like, I feel like a lot of Season 10 is coming back disproportionate to how good the queens in Season 10 were. It's gotta do it for some reason. I'm gonna just throw it out there. I bet you Eureka shows up on All-Stars 6. God, I hope not. Give her a third chance. No. Uh, Angina, who... Yeah, alright. Yeah, that's fucking great. It's been forever. Yeah, let the fucking weird season one queens maybe be better now, or be on a show that actually understands how to do drag race. Yeah, let them be on a show that doesn't look like it was filmed with a terrible filter. <laughs> God, I forgot the whole thing was in sepia. You know, and Shekulay. And Shekulay. Yeah, from... I liked season nine. I didn't watch season nine, but Shekulay seems cool. Yeah. Season nine was a perfectly cromulent season. And it had Sasha Velour both perfect and both perfect and ruin reveals. <laughs> because Sasha Velour won thanks to her reveal. And that's why Asia O'Hara had to kill a bunch of butterflies. It's true. It didn't it didn't go well for those butterflies. As those my father poor, poor butterflies. To quote my father, 
Yeah, when I was doing weddings, it was always really funny because brides would keep wanting to have butterflies, failing to realize that butterflies die really easily in hot, dark spaces. The amount of weddings I went to that were just showered in dead butterflies was funny. Oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, the biggest change to All-Stars 5 is um, they've changed the lip-sync format. So, how is it different this time? So, they've been doing in the past lip-sync for your legacy, which is why I fucking hate All-Stars. Because it's very bad. Lip-sync for your legacy is a dumb fucking twist. Yes, it is. It's, ter- it's a terrible twist. So, yeah, for, for those that don't know, the twist, of course, for lip-sync for, for your legacy is that they nominate two fu- the top two finalists, and then they have to lip-sync against each other to win, and then the winner gets to decide who gets eliminated for some reason. And it, it, it inevitably always just leads to, no, we're going to eliminate the best people. Because- yeah, it just ends up, exactly like you said, it just ends up being, I'm going to get the person that's my top competition. Because, yeah, that's how you fucking win. Yeah. So the person that wins All-Stars is almost never an All-Star. Sometimes you get two people that win All-Stars. Yeah. Um, so, the, so the twist this year is that the winner of each challenge gets to lip-sync for their legacy against a lip-sync assassin from previous seasons. And if the, con- if the contestant wins, then she gets to choose to eliminate someone. But if the lip-sync assassin wins, then whoever goes home is based on a majority. Like, they vote they vote the queen out. What? Yeah, if the lip-sync... If the, uh, if the All-Stars contestant doesn't win, then the queens put it to a vote of who goes home. That's weird. They're like a real reality show now. You know what? I would watch Drag Queen Survivor. Yeah, I'd watch Drag Queen Survivor. Um, John Morrison's there for some reason. (laughs) No, that's the next segment, John. (laughs) Um, And then if, uh, but if the, if the assassin wins, so there's also a $10,000 cash tip. If the contestant wins the lip sync, they get the $10,000. If they don't win, though, the $10,000 gets rolled over into the next prize. So presumably, like, it said like twenty grand or thirty grand. Huh. Okay. I don't hate this twist. I just fucking hate lifting for your legacy. I sure do too. And I almost feel like the more interesting twist on this was fine. Do the lip sync assassin thing because they're all stars. They should all be good lip syncers by this point. Yeah. But just have the person, if the person wins the lip sync against the assassin, they get to stay in the competition. Yeah. Although admittedly, this is probably how you get NXT season five, the never ending season with no eliminations. Uh, I guess you're right. Well, look, it's not like they can, they got a lot of television that they can film right now. Just make it keep going forever. It's fine. And then, also, there's one more Drag Race show premiering in July, and that's Canada's Drag Race. With and Brooklyn this is something Heights. I was just reading about. Yeah. So, RuPaul's not involved in it? I don't think so. It seems like not, because, yeah, 
Like, it's not RuPaul's Drag Race, like the UK version is. Yeah, it apparently it's like Drag Race Thailand, where, you know, it's very much created by RuPaul, and this is RuPaul's getting hers, but RuPaul's not fucking coming to Canada. Why would RuPaul go to the UK, but not Canada? It's closer. There's more money in the UK. Oh, man. Let's let's be real. So hey, I'm gonna keep my out TV subscription for another few months. Cause you do get to see your national hero, Brooklyn Heights. Yeah. I do get to see Brooklyn Heights. Also, I'm just looking at the Queens on here, and pff, there's a fucking New York Queen even there on is a Canada. New York Queen. Even Lemon. on Canada's Drag Race, it's they still got to shove the New Yorkers in there. Have but you also, heard of any of these queens? Because I have not. Uh, Actually, no, I have heard of Juicebox. I have not. I I know some of these names. I don't think I... I don't know if I've seen any of them perform or not, because I'm usually drunk as shit while watching drag shows. Well, yes, you should be. Um... But also, it is hilarious to me that there is one, two, three, four, five, six Toronto queens and one from the greater GTA area. As you do. Like, this is why everybody fucking hates Toronto. (laughs) I mean, it's basically how this season of Drag Race was all the New York queens. Yeah, that's true. Sorry that we just have the good drag. I mean, you know, I get why there's only two Quebec queens. There probably should be more than two Quebec queens on there. Probably. I understand the language barrier aspect, but also Quebec, Montreal's the only other city really in Canada with an actual gay district. Hmm. It certainly explains why there's no Alberta queens. Indeed. But yeah, so we got, uh, on this season, we have Anastasia Anakue. Did I say that right? I would assume so. Boa? Wait, isn't he in NXT? It's in all caps. It's B-O-A. Until I'm told otherwise. Again, isn't he in NXT? Have have him managed have BOA managed by Paul Ellering. Alana Verlay <laughs> Jimbo the, How what what is this drag name? Just Jimbo <laughs> Look, Dolph and Kearney were busy. D- Juice Box <laughs> Kiara Kine! Lemon! This is just starting to feel like a fucking, like, a dating, like, a fucking dating show. Like, no, 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 what the, you know what this actually feels like? It feels like, uh, the fucking, the fucking mystery reality show that happened for a while, where, you know, he was teaching people to be pickup artists, and he gave them fucking stupid names. <laughs> See, I'm thinking... If you were to tell me this is the mass Singer and there's the Boa, the Juice Box, and the Lemon, 
and the under the lemon is like RuPaul. Go on. And of course, RuPaul's fucking terrible at the mass singer because RuPaul can't sing despite how many albums RuPaul's put out. Hey, man, you better work. It's the one good song! I like Sissy That Walk. Priyanka! Rita Baga! Scarlet Bobo! And Tainomi Banks! Who I have heard of, actually. What do you want to bet that a lot of these one-name drag names are because they are a copyrighted product? I mean, I have to assume so, right? I mean, I've also just seen a bunch of terrible fucking drag names. It's true. So, you know, look, there are some big shoes to fill for Drag Race UK fucking ruled. I still got to go back and watch that. Drag Race UK was really good. It also helps that Drag Race UK only had like seven queens on it. Hmm. So you actually like got to know who these people are. And also, would you believe that the, the one of the contestants I've really liked on Drag Race UK is the small twink who barely does drag. And Drag Race UK was her first professional drag show. You know what? I'm I'm shocked to hear this. Although there is a part of me that also recoiled and was like when when this queen said I'm not actually gay. I have a girlfriend. Wow. Although then clarified, I am bi, so I'm like, fine. You're okay. That's kind of that's that's kind of surprising though that they would have someone that's you know. Because I feel because I feel like this show is very much just like the way that they film it and everything. Like it is so fucking like it, it completely makes sense why fucking you know Rue is all weird about having like trans women on or, or people like that because like this show is just completely aimed at gay men. Yes, one hundred percent it is. Yeah. Who, having spent a lot of time with gay men, are the most transphobic people I've ever seen. Yeah, and I don't. And I, and to, just to make sure, I'm not saying it to be like you know, oh man, how dare they not make this show for me? Like, no, this show is fine as it is. It doesn't shouldn't be made for a fucking straight person. It should be made. It, it's totally fine for just to watch it and be like, yeah, no, this isn't for me, and that's it's cool. Like, I just get to experience it, enjoy it, and, and like everybody else. But they're still like. Come on. Drag is not just a specific thing. Drag can be anything and for anyone and for everyone. And you're literally limiting. You're saying you talk about how drag can be this amazing transgressive thing that can really push boundaries and change things while then insisting that drag can only be one thing performed by certain people. I, you know, look, this is kind of the WWE comparison again, where. There is definitely a style that they have perfected to a T, which is, hey, maybe why Drag Race has gotten a bit stale, and why perhaps the most refreshing thing about Drag Race UK is, basically every single queen on there is just a fucking stand-up comedian doing the campus comedy drag, and no one was taking it seriously. That's good. 
And this is kind of my fear about Canada's drag race, where Canadians love to want to be Americans. Oscar. Yeah? Tell me about the British pit crew. Oh, they're called the Brit crew? That's actually pretty funny. It is real good. Also, the winners get Rue Peter badges, which is a very specific British reference that I don't know if that translates here. No, it doesn't. I don't understand. So the Blue Peter, Blue Peter is this British kids show that's been on since like the 60s. Okay. And there's this thing called the Blue Peter badge, which if you're like a kid in Britain, it's like the thing you want. So you, like, and you get it by like writing into Blue Peter. If you send them artwork and they show it or you do something good for your community, you get a Blue Peter badge. And then that Blue Peter badge gives you like free access to museums and theme parks and that's pretty cool. So it is, it's a really cool thing that they've been doing since like the fifties or sixties. Um, and so when they announced that the winners of drag race, UK, each challenge winner gets a Rue Peter badge. I'm like, and the badge basically looks like a gay version, a pink version of the blue Peter badge, but legally distinct enough that it's not associated with the kids show. That's really funny. That's it's, really funny. It's real good, and I I appreciated how much they made Drag Race UK, how much British stuff they sprinkled in. But then also, it just made, it's kind of what made me all the more pulling my hair out at how when some of these queens are doing very specific UK references, you just get RuPaul and Michelle Visage saying, well, I don't understand this. And it's like... Because you ain't from here! Also, it kind of bought... Admittedly, I don't know if Graham Norton said anything about it. But every time it consistently bothered me when they called... When they called Graham Norton a national hero. Because he's fucking Irish. (laughs) He's not from there! Oh boy. And, you know, hey, this is why Graham Norton and Alan Carr were real good, because they could explain to RuPaul and Michelle Visage, no, this is totally a thing that's real good, and you wouldn't get this. Thank God they had someone there. The UK Snatch Game is one of the best Snatch Games I've ever seen as well. I guess I'll have to go back and watch it. You should watch Drag Race UK. Okay. But I think this dovetails finally into... Another spinoff that I think we've been talking about a lot. See, I was actually thinking maybe we just hold off on this because we've been going for almost an hour, 20 minutes now. Oh, yeah, all right. (laughs) See, that's the beautiful thing here, Oscar, is much like professional wrestling, much like WWE, Drag Race is not going anywhere. There will always be Drag Race until the end of time, until RuPaul is dead. And then, and they'll inexplicably keep doing it during a pandemic. Yeah. Alone together. You you better vote. Put the ballot in your box. I'm not going to lie, it wasn't a bad parody. It wasn't a bad parody, no. It was it was well done for what it was. It's just the very idea of doing this is, is rage-inducing to me. Yeah. Look, RuPaul... Is the most lib. That's it? It's very much dovetails into that lib idea of voting is the most important thing. 
believe in the electoral system. Voting is the most important thing, and yet we're also not going to tell you how to vote or who to vote for or what the thing is. They're just going to, like, magically say, oh, you'll vote, and then that'll somehow make it all better. Yeah. This is a bummer to end on. Yeah, it is. But you know what? Isn't that the Drag Race way? Oh, yeah, no, it's what season 12 deserves. Exactly. So, I don't know, we'll be back some other time to talk more about RuPaul when the mood strikes us, I guess. Ruthless aggression part two for the other idea we had. Yeah, we'll we'll be back to talk about what wrestlers we think would do really well on Drag Race. We are going to fantasy book a season of Drag Race involving no one but wrestlers. Small preview. Chris Jericho would absolutely nail the early comedy and improv challenges, but would be the queen that doesn't know how to sew and can't lip sync and goes out in like the fourth episode. Damn. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to come up with some some prognostications myself, but until then, this has been Ruthless Aggression for ProWrestling.cool, a website presumably about wrestling. This is look, this is obs- we this is ostensibly wrestling content. As we've established throughout the course of this episode, and I hope that you all see out there, this is the most wrestling content. This is the ultimate wrestling content. Uh, Also coming up later this week, presumably, Casual Friday, Oscar Explains Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath. Oh, yeah, sure. That's happening, too. And, of course, we'll have more uh, information on that on this week's Heal Alternative, which, of course, you can find, like everything else we do, at ProWrestling.cool. It's not just cool. It's dot cool. And until the next time we join y'all, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love anybody else? Can I get an amen up in there? Amen. All right, cue the music. Iranian, Iranian, Iranian. Iranian, Iranian. Iran number one. Iranian, Iranian, Iranian. Iranian, Iranian. This podcast was brought to you by the Zonecast Network, executive produced by Owen Douglas. Visit zonecast.com for more shows. 